you for singing. Okay, go ahead. Take your face off the cushion. Sing let it go. What else? Let it go? Yes. Your turn. Mm-hmm. Yes, Jesus loves me. I love Papa Hey, everybody. This is Gabby. Welcome back to Monday Morning Espresso. I hope you enjoyed that little concert from my kiddos. It's kind of a reflection of the reality of what this week was like, which was family week for Thanksgiving. I had my kiddos home from school with me all week. Um, We got to do some fun things. And then, of course, my husband was off work for Thanksgiving, and we just got to spend lots of time together. And we're often serenaded with these random outbursts of song. And I wanted to share it with you because when my kids sing, I think it's pretty much the cutest thing ever. Regarding Emmanuel and his wonderful rendition of We Fall Down, he (laughs) learned this at school and he has actions to it and it's adorable. And we got to have some really fun conversations about theology while he was singing it to us for the first time because he said, we fall down, we worship the ground at the feet of Jesus. (laughs) The great big sun and mercy and love at the feet of Jesus. And it was just so cute. So we talked about... Do we worship the ground? Do we worship the sun? Really, I know he's just um, trying to figure out what the words are, but it was fun. We got to talk about the scriptures behind it, what it means, this song, which was great because honestly, any song that reminds me of 1992, (laughs) I kind of am like, oh my goodness, this song is so old. I never would have thought actually to teach him that song myself. I don't know if that's a bad thing, but he has these fun assemblies at school where he gets to learn all of the old school songs with actions, and it's absolutely adorable. I won't know for weeks that he knows these specific songs, and then all of a sudden, usually over a meal, he will just start to sing them and show me the actions, and I'll just show my surprise on my face, and he's so proud. It's completely adorable. And now Fina tries to copy everything that he does too, which is cute, but like most young children, Fina's favorite song right now is Let It Go. I don't even know how that happened. We used to have the Frozen movie. This was like way back when she was a few months old and my son stepped on it and it broke. So she actually has never seen the movie, at least not when she's been cognizantly aware of what's happening in the movie. Um, She may have heard me play the song a few times at home because Emmanuel likes it, but now she just sings it all the time, along with Jingle Bells. So anyway, that's the story of my children. That's the story of my Thanksgiving week. I hope you all had a wonderful Thanksgiving week. This was our first Thanksgiving on our own with just our little family, which was a little bit melancholy in areas, but at the same time, I'm just so overwhelmed with gratitude for what God is doing in our lives, even though it's been so hard. I just kept thinking about this year and the people that he has brought into our path, the opportunities that he's given us, and just the faith that he's had to grow in us in order for us to get to the point that we're at. So I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for you all. And I'm just thankful to be 
the daughter of a mighty savior and a mighty king. How about you? So I've been thinking a lot about faith and grace. Um, next week, maybe if I remember, <laughs> I'm going to do a podcast about faith, which is a massive subject, obviously. But, um, I'm reading this book by John Piper called Future Grace. Kind of a funny story about that is, um, Benj just wanted to give me something for my birthday that would remind me of the promises of God. And he found this John Piper book on Amazon that was about the promises of God and believing his promises for the future. And he thought it was just like, you know, a little book. And when it came, it was, I'm, it's sitting right next to me. It's huge. <laughs> it's like inches thick. It's like over 400 pages long. So at first I felt daunted by it, but as soon as I start re- started reading it, I was like, oh, this book is everything. You know, I want to go to Bible school. And um, I just love, love, love how scripture comes alive through his people who have studied it for their life. So thank you, John Piper, Future Grace, The Purifying Power of the Promises of God. Anyway, that being said, I have also just gone through... I'm doing a lot of plugs today, but I want to share with you the things that bless me. I've just gone through the Philippians study with Love God Greatly. If you haven't heard of Love God Greatly, you should. It's amazing. It's uh, devotionals for women, basically, and it's being translated into like a dozen different languages and distributed all over the world. But they do these four-week devotionals. Um, the Philippians one just finished. You can find their devos on Amazon. They're like $11 and it's totally worth it to go through these studies. And then they have blog posts three days a week to go along with the studies. Anyway, I just finished Philippians and I was reminded today as I was thinking about grace, about this portion of Philippians. So let me just read to you. Philippians 2, 12, and 13, where Paul says, Dear friends, you always followed my instructions when I was with you, and now that I am away, it is even more important. Work hard to show the results of your salvation, obeying God with deep reverence and fear. For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. So this is why this is making me think of grace. Um, First, we're asked to show the results of and to work out our salvation. And that's followed by this. For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to. So my question that I keep rumbling around in my brain, which it might be, you know, a few of these things, but I'm asking, does grace flow when we move? Or does it empower us to move even and then flow in like a flood when we take that first step? What I mean by that is (laughs) sometimes we're faced with a very difficult circumstance or situation or person. And what I've been thinking about is, you know, we're promised the grace to do what's right, to act in a Christ-like way, to move forward into what God has for us. Like those grace graces are the promises that we're given in scripture over and over and over again. But sometimes I look at a situation and I feel like I do not have grace for this. So what do I do about that if I don't feel like I have grace for it? Well, I can tell you that time and time again, this is another thing I'm thankful for this year. I have found that when I know it's something I'm supposed to do, even if it feels like I don't have grace for it in the minute, in the moment, it doesn't mean that God is failing me. It means that I have to move forward and just do it. 
And then when I move forward and do it, I'm always astounded by his grace that floods in when I take that first step. So this is why I'm thinking about this with the Philippians too, is because first Paul says, work hard to show the results of your salvation. Sometimes we don't like to think about having to work hard towards something that we know that God has graced us to do and God has called us to do. Because if there's grace there, then it means his yoke is easy and his burden is light, right? Well, I think what this is saying is you have to take those first difficult steps. And even when you're graced, it doesn't mean it's going to be hard. It just means that the grace is there, which really means that the Lord is carrying this burden with you and you will be able to walk through it in a Christ-like way. And then after that, he says, for God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. So in those moments, like I was saying, when I am faced with a situation or something, a responsibility that I know I have to do, like it's my responsibility, there's only disobedience would be the other option. Then it's even his grace that propels me to have the desire to try to move forward even though I don't feel like I have the grace to do it. Does that make sense? This kind of concept is like crazy to me. I wouldn't even be able to make the decision to say I'm going to move forward in this and trust for his grace without his grace. I mean, his grace is just everything, you guys. And then it gives you the power to do what pleases him. And that's what I'm talking about when you walk into the situation obediently, even when it's hard, then his power to do it in a way that pleases him comes to you. Like, (laughs) this is what he means by work hard to show the results of your salvation. If life was just easy because we knew Christ, then we would never, ever grow. If lifting weights was easy, then we would all have massive biceps. This is no different. We must work out this salvation that we have been given. This is the sanctification process. And you can opt out, but then you'll be like one getting to heaven through flames. This is also in scripture. Just barely saved from the fire. Wouldn't we rather get to heaven knowing that we did everything in our power that we could, which really isn't our power. It's all the power of grace. But anyway, to do what we were called here to do and to walk in a way that is pleasing to the Lord and to allow his power to come into our weak vessels and to give us that strength to do the hard things. Anyway, that's all the stuff that is floating around in my brain today. Even today, I know I'm going to need grace for everything. I'm going to need grace for parenting. I'm going to need grace to be selfless. I'm going to need grace for all of it. I needed grace just to make this podcast, but I knew that I needed to do this for you guys. I do not want to let this fall through the cracks. So again, go check out Love God Greatly. It's awesome. Lovegodgreatly.com. Couldn't be easier. Lastly, I have a big announcement. Please don't tune out. I am in the process of creating a really cool Christmas devotional for you guys. And I really hope that you will go sign up. I'm super excited about this. The Lord just downloaded this idea for me. 
um, to make this Devo. It's a study through Luke 2. It's 10 lessons, um, which will be spread out over the few weeks leading up to Christmas. So it starts on December 4th, and you'll just get an email with a brief devotional three times a week ending on Christmas Day. You'll get it bright and early in the morning so you can read it really quick and get your heart focused on Christ before all the chaos happens that day. Um, and I'm just excited about it. It's not like a normal, here's a scripture, here's what it means kind of thing, but I was just given this idea to do it through narratives. So, for example, the first part of Luke 2, I tell the story through the eyes of Mary and what she learned in that time. And I think it will make it more personal. I think it will make it more warm and adventurous and fun and joyous and merry and bright for this time of year. So I hope that you will sign up. Um, I will leave registration open until December 3rd. So make sure you get there before then. Please tell your friends. I'm just super stoked to be able to celebrate Advent season with all of you. Um, just having our hearts set on things above during this season that can so easily turn carnal and inward focused. You can sign up at gobbyruth.com forward slash Christmas Devo. G-A-B-I-R-U-T-H dot com slash Christmas Devo. Um, if you're not having an easy time figuring that out, just go to gobbyruth.com and sign up at the pop-up that shows up. That's easy too. And I cannot wait to see a bunch of you there and to hear what you think of this devotional. It's going to be awesome. So anyway, have an amazing, amazing week. I hope that you're filled with hope. I hope that your holiday season is starting joyfully and strong. And I will talk to you guys next time. See ya!